you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/slash/sheck. Free agency continues. The draft draws closer and closer. Matter of fact, about a month from now, we'll jump on an airplane and we'll fly out to New York City. We'll cover it. We'll be out there for a week. One of the guys that's going to be out there with us is seated directly across from me, all the way from London, England. Now he is perhaps the greatest Miami Dolphins fan not raised in these United States. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. Happy April Fool's Day. Yeah, we're coming at you on April Fool's Day. Do they have that in England? They do. Yeah. Do you have? Do they sell cards here? You sell cards for most occasions. I um, know. Uh, I don't think Fool's they do. Card make. I could send to someone. No, I don't believe they make cards for April Fools. Yeah, it doesn't rise to that level. Yeah. They don't make St. Patrick's Day cards. Right. Um. Yeah, Arbor Day. I don't think they've they have many of those. It's an exciting time, though, handsome. And here's why: as, as if you haven't already figured it out. Football is off, but of course, we now understand in the 21st century that pro football is a 365-day-a-year right. proposition. So it's never gone. We're always talking about the Sean Jackson or the Oakland Raiders or whatever else is going down. We'll get into those subjects in just a minute here. March Madness, you know, it's a, probably the best part of it is in the rearview mirror, but we still have the Final Four. Baseball's underway. The puck is soon to be dropped in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Soon after that, the NBA playoffs will commence. It's really glorious times for a sports fan. And as if that's not enough for everybody... Game of Thrones starts Sunday. We got to kibitz wow. about that a little bit, Hanson. Yeah, the greatest sport of all, the game called life, mm. the battle for the for the uh, for the crown, for the throne. 
you know? Yeah. Um, and then also, let's say hello to um, to the man seated to my immediate right. No, it's not Adam Rank. He's a he's AWOL. Where did he go? Did he go off to follow his, uh, his halos around the country or something for baseball season? Black tie behind the glass? I would guess so, yeah. He's uh, taking a vacation. Speaking of... Uh, yes. On Thursday after today, I'm going to be out, so I'm not going to be in on Thursday. So You work 40% of possible days to you here at the NFL. I don't understand what gives. Hey, you know, man's got to do what a man's got to do sometimes. Sure. I know, but you don't have to take a vacation. That's not something you have to. That doesn't fall under that category of have to. All right. Anyway, let's say hello now to the man filling the uh, aforementioned seat to my immediate right from the Around the League podcast. And, of course, his very fine pages that you can read at NFL.com slash Around the League. Here he is, a former Bengals fan, now just a fan of pro football. It's Chris Wessing. What's the poop with you, fella? Also a Cincinnati Reds fan. I know. You walked into the newsroom today and immediately informed me that my team is already a full game behind the Pirates. That's right. Well, that's not jive because you know I don't like to to jive you. Our magic number over you is 160. By hour, I mean my Pittsburgh Pirates. That's intimidating. Is it wrong? How's everybody feel about that? This is one of the major issues in in, in for sports fans. How do we feel? I, this is an old question, but let's let's address it. How do we feel about somebody like myself? I turned my back on the Pittsburgh Pirates because they stunk, and what's further, they weren't even trying to get good. There was a there was a long period of time where it was clear that their management and their ownership was more interested in saving money than they were trying to produce a winning. Uh, baseball team. I say when that's happening, you're a chump if you continue to spend your money. Of course, they accuse you of not being a loyal fan because they're incented to have you turn out and keep paying for stuff and everything else. I don't understand the fans that get sucked into this nonsense. If they're not going to be competitive or even try, what? why is it on me? Chris Wessling, I start with you. This subject is very near and dear to my heart. I know it is. With yes. the, You turned your back as a little background. You were raised, born and raised, a Cincinnati Bengals fan. You, some years ago, turned your back on them. And I did not do it lightly. No. I have a file folder in my desk downstairs, probably about four inches thick, filled with articles from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati Post, which is now extinct. Uh, Why do you carry it with you, by the way? I brought it in one day because it was a subject on the Around the League podcast. The boys wanted to see it. But basically, you know, I did not take this lightly. There are years and years of articles in there outlining exactly why I quit the Bengals, what they had done to me to make them quit. And I I have often made the argument that you have, that you're a chump if you continue to root for somebody who will not try to field a winner. And they'll always say loyalty, but that's a two-way street. Listen, if they're breaking your heart, but they're making their best effort, it's, for instance, off the top of my head, I guess you would point to like the Boston Red Sox or, or the Philadelphia Flyers. Even the Cowboys, it's not as though not, they, they haven't been trying. They just keep coming up and breaking your heart. Even the Cowboys the with Jerry Jones. They right. try. Right. right. Handsome, how say you on this very important fan-related question? I, I, and there's been times where I've been tempted, especially recently um, with the Miami Dolphins, to, to – I have a problem that I couldn't let go. Even if I said, okay, this week I'm just not going to care – I mean, you know, in truth, if you think about what Wes had to go through to do that and, and wean himself off a team that presumably supported for what, how many years are we, are we talking? 25, 30 25, years. 25, 30 years you, you cared about, let's say for 20 of those years on a Sunday, you know, you'd either be watching the game or wanting to know what happened in the game. It's that, you know, 
West talks about it and makes light of it, but I imagine that process was a very, very difficult one. Here's the dangerous game that if you're if you want to play in this game, just be forewarned. You cannot do things like make threats and uh, like I, I did when the Indiana Hoosiers, my alma mater, when they fired Coach Knight. I announced I'm turning my back on the program. I wasn't going to stand for that. He's done so much for the school, so on and so forth. I didn't like the notion of canning him. And so, as I said, a decade off. I took a decade away. Self-imposed. They were put on probation. You know, no NCAA. This is uh, double D AA or whatever. (laughs) I put him on probation. And when the 10 years were complete, Tom Crean, as it happened, produced last year a really good Indiana University basketball team. They were number one for a while. I think they were even a number one seed in the tournament in 2013. And I tried to, I decided, all right, this is the year I get back into them and and perfect timing because they're good again. And you know what? The joke was on me because I couldn't do it. You can intellectually decide I'm into this now. You can't, your heart wants what it wants. I like this rule that you can't make threats Idle threats. It's like the people during an election who threatened to move to Canada if their candidate doesn't win. There's no, there's no more <laughs> yeah, of a turn so off. Yeah, it's like, all right, we'll miss you. Go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and by the way, that we are, we've decided to use this uh, this podcast here at the start of April as an opportunity to interact with you, the listener, the Czech Republic, the uh, the black sheep, black ties, uh, burgeoning fan base there. Handsome, uh, the Handsomes. Wait, the I always forget. Devils, I think the Handsome Devils is the end. name of his fan club. Do you have any fans, Wes? No. Yes, no? he does. Go Wes is I, what yours could be, like the the Go West supporters. I think it's more like the the West mess. The West Coasters. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all right. Um, anyway, we're uh, collectively fielding your offer or your questions here on Twitter. Black Tie, just stop us, jump in. Tell us what we need to answer here. There have been some good ones. A lot of mascot-related questions I've been getting lately. Which mascot would do well in this and that sort of thing? We did a good one last week. Meantime, the Raiders fans are not happy with me because I tweeted out what seems to be a pretty obvious statement. I said, "Look, I mean, look at who they have brought in now in this offseason. Their team is now Matt Schaub at quarterback. They have um, Justin Tuck. Lamar Woodley, Charles Woodson is still there. Now they have Maurice Jones-Drew. They have Darren McFadden. They they also signed Carlos Rogers. I said, look out, NFL. The 2014 Oakland Raiders are going to dominate the 2008 season. And they didn't like that. They think that I'm being snide about their team. But listen, what is, is. They, they signed a bunch of guys that are over the hill. They don't like that so much. That's the eternal truth about free agency, though, isn't it? Is that you are picking up people that other teams didn't want yesterday's news right yeah expensive or too old or not good enough or whatever but that that's the way free agency works wes tell me this you you keep your eye on this pretty good and we've talked about lamar woodley and i find it laughable that dennis allen i think it was a week ago or two weeks or so ago said something to the effect that the reason lamar woodley was underperforming and kept getting hurt in Pittsburgh was that because the Steelers were misusing him. They 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 had him at the wrong weight and so on, which implies, of course, that Dennis Allen, not exactly destined for the Hall of Fame at this point in his coaching career, is giving notes to Dick LeBeau, who is in the Hall of Fame. How say you? That would be one way of interpreting it. I don't think he said misused, but he did say the the reason why Lamar Woodley had hamstring injuries and other injuries was because he, his ideal playing weight is 270. Mm-hmm. 
in order to play outside linebacker in Dick LeBeau's scheme, he had to artificially keep his weight at 250. So I can see why you would come to that conclusion. Well, what do we think about? Because, listen, this is one of those teams. You talk about people who maybe turn their back on them. Can I throw in the first Twitter question here? I want to finish one thing, Black. We're in the middle of talking well, about it. Goes right in. It right, goes right, right into right. this. I just so, thought you decided yeah. to have the, no, the no, least no, no. opportune <laughs> moment to jump <laughs> this in. This comes from Brad Wolf, who asks, what team has, has been the most disappointing this offseason? Well, I wouldn't say it's the Raiders, although they started out terribly, and I think it's an interesting trend that if you went back and looked at the first weekend after free agency started, the punchline teams were the Raiders were getting a lot of heat, um, the Dolphins were catching a lot of flack, the Browns were getting beaten up, not just for their free agency stuff, but also for what was going on in the front office. I'm trying to think of who, I've, uh, who I'm forgetting, but what's interesting now is to look back uh, a month or so later and say all those teams are probably better. And and in fact, we have to retract the narrative that we created around those teams as being rudderless. And even though I make fun of the Raiders, they're not half bad. It's just the, the problem for them is in 2014, that division is going to be brutal. I don't see any fall. I mean, the, the Broncos offense isn't going to be as good as it was last year, I don't think, without without uh, Eric Decker in there, but it's still going to be good, and the defense is much better. The Chiefs are going to be good because I'm almost certain, and correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, they're getting a wide receiver in the first round, and if they do that and go put anybody uh, you know, who, who you know takes the top off the defense, as they like to say, alongside Dwayne Bowe and Jamal Charles, that offense is officially really good, and if you keep those defensive pieces healthy, that team's right back in it. In fact, that's the team that nobody's talking about this offseason. That's the the Chiefs are yesterday's news. We we I think we all just sort of wrote them off because they limped home in the regular season. All right, the Broncos beat them not once, but twice. There was all that uh, hype leading up to it. They're undefeated. Then they lose and they fall back again. Then the Chargers beat them at the la- in the last minute. And suddenly we're kind of like, yeah, the Chiefs. Then it looks like, oh, they're back on track against Indianapolis. And then you have the massive collapse there. But that Chiefs team remains well, interesting. Where hey. are you getting this Kansas City Chiefs optimism? Why wouldn't I be optimistic they, about didn't it? Didn't they take apart their entire offensive line? They did. And scatter them to the They saw the three offensive wins. line starters walk away in free agency. Right. They lost some key players on defense. And they still have the problem that if Jamal, Jamal Charles gets injured, they have no offense. Well, I mean that's a fair point. You take away you take away <laughs> Jamal Charles, it's a but big point. Well, it is a but, but. Of course, we could play that game a lot. I talk a lot about the Jenga pieces that if you take away a non QB, which guy is going to cause his team to completely collapse? Jimmy Graham is one. Calvin Johnson is one, and Jamal Charles is one. I mean, that's not really an indictment. Right. Of the team to say that they're that they're spectacular future Hall of Fame um, most, feature back. If you take him away, they're they're not going to be most as good of anymore. the Titans in the NFL though are the quarterback is that guy, right? I'm that well. You got to play that. You can't play it with quarterback because yeah, you take the quarterback off of twenty teams, they'd all stink. You know, um, so the 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 worst, so most disappointing free agent. Let's uh, let's start with Westling, who's had a bad one. I'd say the Panthers. I mean, you're talking about all these teams who were seen as disappointing early on and are actually better. The Panthers are a much worse team right now than they were last year. They have zero. Do they still have? Oh, no, they have Jericho Cotchery now. Come on, Jericho Cotchery. I mean, a very nice number four receiver yes, yes. for on the a Steelers. Good team. Right. Very nice yeah. as a number four. Wow, what a luxury. Their number two is Tyquan Underwood, whom the <laughs> Patriots <laughs> sent away even... on the day before the Super, Super Bowl and said, you know what, we don't need you. <laughs> But what is the fix for that team? I mean, let's assume they get 
Marquise Lee? Or are they? Are, are do you now retract that if they get Marquise Lee in I the first round? I don't think there is a fix for 2014. I think they have realized that the debt that they have built up against the salary cap. They need a get right year. Right. I don't understand the salary cap, and I and I also simultaneously, as much as I should understand it, I resent those fans out there that are way too way too up to speed on on cap hits and what it means for twenty fifteen. I only and all say this stuff. because this is what Gettleman has said at the combine and more recently at the annual meetings. We can't make any moves because we're hamstrung by the cap by moves right. that the previous year. I know, made. but so, but so, why? Here's the thing. This is, really will sound moronic because I should know the answer to this, and yet I don't. And I don't like jive talk, so I'll admit I don't know what it means. How is it then that some teams can just sort of cut bait with? Um, they can create cap space. Why didn't the so so why didn't the Panthers, as a for instance, cut either Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Williams? That's a good question. Let's take Stewart for example. He has a contract which is basically a no cut contract. They can cut him, but they're going to pay him. I don't know the exact amount of money, but seven or eight million guaranteed, regardless of whether he's on the roster or not. And then it is it also leaves dead money on the cap, which makes it even less sensible for him to be cut. So it's more sensible for him. But it's not more sensible to will, uh, understanding that there's guaranteed money out there and it's gonna, it's just going to go uh, get flushed down the toilet. Doesn't it still create practical cap space that they could go, use to sign a, a, a reasonable pass catcher? I mean, as it is now, they're, they're, think, they look ridiculous. They, they, they don't in, have uh, – I mean, as you say, Tyquan Underwood would start for them right now, which is, you know, is, is absurd. I think if they cut Stewart – it actually hurts their salary cap instead oh, really? of helps it. How about D'Angelo? Same deal, you think? I think he makes uh, a fair enough amount that it doesn't make sense for him to, to for them to cut him, considering they don't have any other proven healthy backs. Do you feel that you have a pretty good handle on how Denver is able to sign all these players? No. Do you follow the 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 math of it, handsome Hank? Do you have any sense? Because that's the question I get. What's going on? Do the Broncos not have a salary cap? How do the Patriots do this? How do they do it? I don't know. And I talk to people around here who are smart and understand math on top of football, and it really is very murky stuff. Well, I, I yeah, I don't think I'm not going to pretend I understand it. What I do know though is the you know as Wes alludes to with the Panthers, there's a price to pay somewhere down the line. So the Broncos are clearly mortgaging their future against we have one, maybe two more years of Peyton Manning here. Let's get all the pieces we could possibly ever want and let's go win him, win a Super Bowl with, with him and, and those other pieces. But, you know, one day they're going to be playing for, paying for DeMarcus Ware when he's long gone from that team. One mm -hmm. day, they, you know, they're going to be paying for all those guys long after they're gone. And then you have to make sure you draft well. And it sounds like the Panthers, or it seems like the Panthers, spent a lot of money on those two running backs especially and a, and a few other bits and pieces and didn't necessarily draft so that, you know, there'd be a guy that would end up replacing some of the older parts of, the, of that team. The Panthers are in luck, and this is kind of like the business of football is you ultimately what do you want to do? You want to sell tickets so that fans come to your games, right? The Panthers made – if the Panthers had to do what they're going to have to do this year and not spend money um, in, in free agency – it's lucky they they made the playoffs last year so that fans are still into the team. If they got, went into this season where they were like, we're not doing anything in free agency, we're not bringing any big ticket items, we're probably losing a bunch of guys, and we're preparing to spend a lot of money on Cam Newton somewhere in the next maybe few months or certainly before next before next season, and you went into it 5-11, and 11, 
you know, people, the, 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 the stadium would be half empty. Well, here's, you know, the interesting thing, too, with the uh, with, with the Panthers, they absolutely, given the depth of this draft, they could go uh, in the first two rounds. Forget just the first round. They could take back-to-back wide receivers. Calvin Benj- Benjamin, you know, for all the projections that have him in the first round, the Florida State kid, he could conceivably be there in, mm-hmm. in the second round still for them. But, you know, listen, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of receivers. They, you know, they load up and get a legit one and a legit number three, and then all of a sudden they, they, they don't look, they, they don't look uh, particularly well, laughable. Well, they still have their left tackle of the last decade retired. Yeah, That's true. a position of need. Right. Their guard, Travell Wharton, who basically turned the offensive line around last year, is thinking about retiring. So offensive line is just as big of a need area as wide receiver. And, right. their, and their secondary was one of the weaker points of their defense last year. That was kind of as we as they headed into the playoffs, that was the position we all identified as, I think this is probably where they're going to fall down at some point. Yeah, and also um, we have, um, yeah, Mike Mitchell is now a Pittsburgh Steel. He's yes. no longer back captain there. Captain Munnellin's gone. Without, yeah. without a captain, your ship literally is rudderless. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Touche. All right, Black Tie. What, what else are people uh, buzzing about there on the Twitter? Here's another good one from Stefan. He asks, what is the prettiest play in all of sports? I'd say the alley-oop. The prettiest play? Prettiest play. play. Hmm. That's a, that's a tough one to define, really. Um, I'm going through it. Prettiest, you know. I, I, I basketball sounds about right. I don't think football, given the nature of it, has too much beauty to it. Although I think I know what Black Tie's going to say. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep ball. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Handsome Hank, any thoughts? Um, I would, I would say um, a, a a great slip catch in cricket. I was. I be, knew it was going to be. So, I was going to say, is it? Is it something off the left David. foot of? Uh, no, no. Beckham? That, that will be. That will be him. That will be Black Tie. Um, I would say a diving, one-handed slip catch in cricket. I don't know what that. There means. you go, Wes. With apologies to the hook and ladder and the Statue of Liberty in football, I'm going with a sentimental choice from the mid '80s. Eric Davis robbing home runs over the. Uh, riverfront stadium wall, which is about 10 feet high. So it's right about the same height as a basketball hoop. He'd bring his whole arm over the wall and pull it back. It was I saw him do it to Jack Clark twice in back-to-back games. <laughs> and it was awesome, just robbing home runs. Boy, Pretty play. There are a lot of guys who are, have been great in our lifetime at doing that. Kenny Lofton stands out. Jim Ken, Edmonds. Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. He Jim Jr. Edmonds was, was great at it. Jim too. Edmonds might be the most consistently dynamite at doing that sort of stuff. I'm but going the guy, with Eric Davis. You know who really gets up there? Mike Trout. I mean, he goes about waist high up on the wall at uh, at the Big A when How he about when he does something. Little five foot seven Kirby Puckett doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, the late uh, Kirby Puckett. Yeah, that was uh, those were all good. What's the most exciting play, Wes? In football, I say it is the block punt. Really, I think that's very exciting stuff when the when you the punt like gets blocked the... and get it, pick it up, get it. You know all that Big kind of man with a football. Yeah, I like that. That's it's exciting. Well, he's going to get him. It's it's the timing of it because you can see because you almost see it every play. If you, every time they punt the ball, you feel like they come within a whisker of blocking it. And when they finally do, get ah, he got it. Get, get it, pick it up, run, run. You know, mm. these aren't the guys you want trying to pick up the ball and run with it. So there's that element to it as well. I say that's the most exciting in football, at least. I think. The quarterback escaping a sack and then finding a player on the mm. run deep downfield, Big Ben. We've seen Tony Romo mm-hmm. do it. I think that's my favorite play. 
Yeah. Aaron Rodgers against the Bears last year. That was like the play of the year. Yeah. It had all of those factors. Another one I like, as much as you like the deep ball, I love the kind of laser across the middle in the end zone, which goes between you know one linebacker coming one way, a safety, and it just squeezes in the window, and it, like a tight end catches it and then gets drilled, and but it still holds on. Um, you guys are forgetting the Shady McCoy run, man. He's ah, yeah, nifty. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty, it's pretty good but to look at. But that's specific. We're not talking about what one player would you like to well, see just doing. Shady go McCoy in open space. I, go I back and reread the tweet. <laughs> um, all right, next question there, Black Tie. All right, next question. This is a bit of an interesting one. Damashek, you might love this. At Bill's Fan Chur, he wants to know, why is awful negative and awesome positive? Isn't it being full of all better than just having some of it? Mm, interesting. Wow, that's a that's some deep thinking there. I like that. The, so, awe, so full is negative. Awe, okay, but it's full. It's awe full. So it's full, full of awe. Mm. And when you're full of awe, it's not necessarily a positive thing. You can be in awe of someone's, you know, the magnitude of their mm-hmm. evilness, you know, or whatever. But that's a that's a, a mind bender. Awesome is. Right, it's a, it's like only some awe. You've given us a it lot is, to yeah, think about, fella. Think about. I don't know that we know the answer to that. I think we'll just use the word awe-inspiring from now on mm. and ditch the question. I like wow, but I enjoy the wordplay. I enjoy people who... Do we uh, know that the A-W in awful is the same root as word the as, as the A-W-E? I don't know. assume it is. I mean, it, you're, you're communicating a similar type of feeling. I took Latin oh. in middle school. Did you, Wes? I did not. No. I took French and Spanish. Ooh. So you're trilingual? I can't speak a word of either of those languages right. now, but I took them in high school. Au oh, the- revoir, mademoiselle. <laughs> Let's dig in more into your personalities here with this next question from John Gimmel. He wants to know, who's got the most ridiculous irrational fear? His is a fear of sharks. That's completely rational. <laughs> that's, not ir- that's not irrational. <laughs> I I have I, I don't know if this is uh, irrational. Maybe it's irrational. I should get along with people better than I do, I think. People's picadellos drive me crazy though to an un to an unreasonable degree. It's not them, it is me to some, I mean, I found myself last night. I'll tell you well I'll, I'll, one thing. First of all, I heard on the TV, I heard somebody use because I love watching. I don't know why. I love watching HGTV. I find it very relaxing. It's a great way what to come that? down. You know, the when they do the home makeovers and they help uh, people. Okay. You never have seen. Wait a second. You've never seen any of the shows where they go with home hunters, house hunters, and they go around and they show three different apartments or houses and the people. I've seen. I, I know the idea that you're coming with, but I've never right. watched this this channel. Well, their big the deal is a that. big deal with the people looking at the houses is always. Does it have an ensuite bathroom? And they're it's so uh, pretentious. Ensuite bathroom. I These don't people. Know what that is. It means that there's a bathroom attached to the to the, the master bedroom. bedroom. Oh. And but oh, it's a big deal, and they all know the phrase ensuite bathroom. It just, it makes me sick. But wait, that pales <laughs> in comparison. I was in a bar the other night. Wait, I, so you're 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 scared of people who like ensuite? Bathroom. I'm not scared of them. I'm annoyed by right. them, and so that's an irrational thing. I, it, right. it draws uh, an unnatural amount of emotion out of me when I hear people say ensuite. It disrupts because, like I just said, I, I'm trying to relax. I'm winding down from my busy day watching HGTV. I don't need people talking about ensuite uh, bathrooms and everything. Now listen to me. 
the next thing is, look who's walking into the uh, into the, st- into Studio 66. It's a celebrity sighting. No, not Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. Much more intimidating to us. It's Tom Brady, our boss. That's right. We have a boss who is named Tom Brady who works here at the uh, at the NFL. Hello, Tom. How are you? What's the poop, fella? I'm great, Dave. <clears throat> Look like um, you've been getting some sun. I did. I get a little sun over the last couple weeks. You seem serious, like you have some bad news for one there's of no, us or more. If you want to break some news, do it on the podcast. There's, there's no breaking news. It's simply every now and again, and I think I may start to be semi-regular. And oh. I mean, I mean, no, 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 like way, like still like co- a Haley's Comet type of regular, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. I need to make sure that you're not just doing the same old thing, all right? Oh, you know, no, the same no. old Damashek that, you know, that, that everybody's come to love and enjoy, yeah. but it's great to put you on your toes. I see. He's nervous right now. <laughs> he is. A little bit. But you're, no, I, you're nervous right now, and so that's, that's, what I'm gonna, that's what I'm here to do. I want to tell – well, then you can sit in and tell me your thoughts on this, too. I'm in a bar the other night. The basketball games are being played. You know, there, there's a, there are four fellas at the table next to me, regular-looking guys, 30-ish, I would say. And the one guy is holding court about IPAs. Now, listen, everybody – it's something I've mentioned before, and I'll say it again now – I understand that everybody in this world has to feel essential. That's what it's all about. The human condition is, you know, that you're the star of your movie and we all are the stars of our own movies. But this thing where everybody has to, I'm an expert on something. You know, it's one thing to be a connoisseur of wines. It's another thing to be a connoisseur of beer. It's just beer, everybody. Lighten up. But this fella's holding court for his for his pals about IPAs and what makes a good IPA. And one quote that he had. Don't, they, the, all, don't they all taste? exactly the same yeah they do kind of i like beer by the way i'm no stranger to the to to the pleasure of beer and but this guy was making me not want to drink it anymore guilt by association this guy i don't remember who what he's talking about which one in particular he's talking about but he goes the problem with that with with the the makers of that one is they didn't have the guts to go full hoppiness (laughs) on it and they, they they just wound up with a middle of the road ipa I almost stood up and punched his lights out out of disgust for that. What, what Didn't is, have the guts to go full of hoppiness. Is this the Dave, measure of a man? Dave, what does that have to do with me walking in here? I don't know. But listen, you wanted to share something, or you're just you're just randomly Keep checking you in. on your toes. I'm flattered by make this the, visit, I, and I'm not. And anyway, I'm not saying that that I'm going to make this show better. Probably it'll it's it could be to its detriment. But it's very important for you to make sure that you I are see. performing at 150 percent at all time. And so, all right, you've been in here for a couple of minutes. What's your, what are you doing right now? What's your? We're review? answering questions right now, right? That's right. We're going. Through. My guess is the questions fans want to hear from you. So that's right. Go go back to the questions. Well, that's what I was ju- that's specifically what I was doing. Get back to it. Let's do it. Let's I don't, do, do it. Do you think was if there unless there was a question about IPAs? Let's move on. Don't parcels me like I'm <laughs> Phil Sims. I'm, I'm trying to do my best to to handle the business here. All right, Black Tie. Next up, what now we, we have a special guest, Tom. Yeah, we do. I'll, I'll ask you guys: Do we want to go more player names, or do we want to go superheroes? No, I, this is Tom Brady is come has come in here to take a snapshot of, how, still of, of how this thing operates. Well, listen, you own it. You know we've entitled you. All right, to let's ask do, your let's question. do player names. Favorite player name in all of sport? The Brickishaw Ferguson. It's the baddest name there is. Well, the best name in football history is mm. Otis Sistrunk. That defines the guy. Just see him too with a with the bald head and everything. Otis Sistrunk. Mike no Stonebreaker. Does, does this Mike include? Is, this is, a, is the nickname included into it or not? I'm going to allow it. Yeah, I've got a couple. 
Go ahead, throw it at us. Ed Two Tall Jones is oh, it's a great one. <laughs> is among the best. Yeah, um, man, I, I see. You and then this is pure name, and this is and and you guys are all, you're going the, on the kind of almost silly route, but just when I hear Fred Bolitnikoff, yeah, that, you know what that getting. matters to me. But Mike Stonebreaker was the yeah. same. If you're going to play linebacker, you would want to be called Mike Stonebreaker. Yeah, that's that cool. helps you with everything that's, you're trying uh, to achieve. Dean Steincooler. Let's to go, go back to Nebraska. 90s days. college basketball. You've got God Sham God. Yeah. You also have, remember Scientific Map and his brother Majestic Map? <laughs> I remember Majestic <laughs> Map. Scientific I don't remember. Map and Majestic Map. Wow. I love, I've said it, you know, listen, the the people who I really it, admire. It, it may be over right there. That <laughs> extended it. You're exactly right. Imagine this. In whatever, I don't know what year Merlin Olsen was born, but imagine this. They don't know that their child's going to grow up to be a pro football player, a member of one of the, uh, you know, the more most formidable front fours in pro football history, let alone be the star of a TV show, Little House on the pra- Prairie, that gets spun off into its own deal, Father Murphy. This is what he achieves, but they don't know that when they see their little baby. All they see is a child, but they're ambitious enough. Their glass is so half full that they decide... Let's name him after a fictional medieval wizard. <laughs> that's really setting the bar very high. That's really that, that's really rolling the dice there, and I admire it for one. It's the same thing as naming you know the Bailey sons, their parents, Champ and Boss. You know that yep. that could really go wrong. It could backfire. Yeah, oh. I mean, hey, hey, Merlin, you mind uh, cleaning up uh, stall number three? Well, I think it's it, clogged. Isn't it know? really the question about like as parents you would say, God, I mean, is our kid really going to get harassed? Right. Yeah, and so good. Good up for these guys for getting beyond that. Now I have I'm gonna, another. We're, we're on the name topic here. Saku and Miko Koivu are the best brothers. <laughs> better than the Map Brothers? Not not better than Scientific <laughs> and Majestic. Wow. How about how about see? I feel some effort there, and the you don't want you, you don't want to show that... the effort. Yarko. Uh, here's another good one. Yarko and uh, and uh, and Tuomo Rutu. Yarko and Tuomo Rutu. All four of the brothers you just named sound like orcas. I know. Well, there's something melodic about those <laughs> about those uh, Scandinavian names. I like those. So here's my here's my name story for you that I know I know you'll all appreciate. Um, <clears throat> a year ago, I had uh, the pleasure to um, speak at a panel for for um, the league around player engagement, and and uh, um, I was fortunate enough to meet. Uh, Harold Carmichael, mm. and number uh, seventeen for the Eagles for the kids out there used to catch what uh, what seemed to be a touchdown every week. That's correct. He was he was six eight, and um, he was and he is still six eight. Hmm. Um, and he was uh, my brother's favorite player growing up. And when I introduced myself to to Harold, I, and I said. And this is always great for any fans at home or any of you guys that, you know, you always think like, oh, if you're meeting an idol and meeting somebody that, you know, as a, a boyhood hero, you, you want to ask something that doesn't just irritate them or whatever, but just that you have a good conversation um, and it's normal. So I said, um, Harold, it is a pleasure to meet you. Um, my brother and I were big fans of yours growing up. And he's like, no, no, no you're not. You're too young. I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm really serious. My brother, especially, he was, uh, you're, you were his favorite player, so much so. Uh, that he named his his hamster after you, <laughs> 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 to which that just killed him. And he did, and it like it, immediately he he loosened up and said, "I've never in all of my years heard something that that like Wait, that." So your brother called his hamster Harold, or Harold Carmichael specifically went for two names. His last name was it was Harold Carmichael, but 
Obviously, we didn't, we didn't call him. You didn't call him Harold <laughs> Carmichael ever. Hey, do you, I don't call you, you Dave Damaschek no, all the time. Do formal yes. around the house right, yeah. every day. They have right. they you have, fed Harold Carmichael today? Would just be have you fed Harold? Harold, yeah. just Harold. And I will tell you, and and um, he, this hamster. What is the average lifespan of a hamster? Black tie. Can we look that up? Um, <laughs> Producing for the first time in his life. That's right. <laughs> the average lifespan of a hamster. I would love to know, and we'll find that out shortly. Um, this hamster seemed to live well, well, well beyond his years, and was one of those <laughs> one of those hamsters. There's, there's either there's two types of hamsters. There's either really friendly hamsters, sort of like the ones that any kid wants, where like they'll climb on your shoulder mm. or go like just you can just let them run around the house, or ones that bite and are kind of nasty and and just like spinning in the wheel and all that and going through tubes. Harold was so friendly. He, just, he, he was all over the Brady house. It would have been creepy if you would have produced a picture of Harold Carmichael <laughs> yes, it for Harold Carmichael and had Harold Carmichael sign the picture of hamster Harold Carmichael. Uh, just two true. to three years with hamsters. Wow. Apparently. That's he, longer he, than I would have thought. He approached, he approached five years. Wow. It was like, it was well over four. What does everybody think a- about this? This is morbid, but this is something I've been trying to point out to the kids. Because, you know, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damaschek and, uh, and, and Oprah Damaschek want pets now they, they you know like all little kids they want pets and i'm not going to say this to them but i sincerely don't think it's a great idea because why are you with so much our lives are filled with death this is what life is is to for it to end why bring in creatures that you know or you hope at least are going to die before you why set yourself up for that sort of that sort of sorrow? Well, there's some there's a, there should be a good period before that. I know, but so what? A you wonder, know, a wonderful period. Right. About it. I'm about I know, to, but then I'm it's a, sad. It's offset is, by it's offset by the, the the heartbreak of taking the taking your animal into the doctor. To I'm get sorry I brought up the Harold Carmichael story because this is getting very sad for our, <laughs> for our listeners. Let's move on. Wes, do you agree with me or no? I totally disagree. Like, I mean, why don't you just? Extend that into kids and wives too. Because There's I want my children. Like to, right. My children are intended to live past my days. Well, I don't. I, I don't expect let, when I bring them into the world. I don't expect like. Well, I mean, you know, listen. So you rather so rather than all the wonderful memories you have with your with your family and including your pets, you would rather just abstain from that. Right. Yes, boy, that's, that's my answer. Boy, that's no, because I <laughs> listen. I enjoy, now look. Here's the other name thing I wanted to bring up. I've addressed this with you, Tom Wes. I'm interested for your thoughts on this. The, speaking of names, you know, I, I, I fancy discussing fruit and produce in general. I, it occurred to me a while back that we have fruit called grapes, and we also have a fruit called the grapefruit. I feel like this is the height of laziness, that the guy at the fruit factory naming fruit, when the day they were handing fruits out, was like, we'll call these grapes, and like, oh, you got tickets for me for the game tonight? Yeah. Uh, call that one a grapefruit. Yeah, all right. We'll see you next week. Like, whoa, 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 fella. No, no, no. You can't do – we already have one fruit. And, by the way, they have nothing in common except that they're both fruit. They're the, the one is a big, big orange thing with red bitterness inside. The other one is a sweet little, uh, a, a, a little nugget, you know? I would say – What gives here? The laziness part doesn't bother me nearly as much as two fruits that are nothing alike but have the same root name. That would bother me more than – I don't think the lazy – I'm not buying the laziness thing. We need to rename either the the grape or the grapefruit. Yeah, grapefruit. It's so lazy. I feel like grapes are already established. Yes, Tom. All right, guys, before we wrap here, we got one more question. What are you talking about? We didn't even hear from our boss, Tom Brady, yet. No, no, no. I think, A, that's right. B, again, from a production standpoint, what I would do – is I would also be online saying derivation of the name grapefruit. I mean, you'd, you you know, 
That's interesting. When, I, when I'm dropping in here, okay. I'm dropping for everybody Everyone's to bring, the, bring their A game. I got it. I okay. got it. Do we have an update yet on Deshaun Jackson? No update on Deshaun. He's still negotiating. Apparently, he's people are negotiating with the Redskins. Can I squeeze in one more name? Please. Of a fruit? B.J. Upton. Do you know what that stands for? No. Boss Man Jr. No, Tell me doesn't. that's not a great that's name. That's not true. That's Boss his given man. name is because Boss his Man was, His dad's nickname was Boss Man. I so always feel bad. Really? Upton stands for Boss Man Jr. Junior. I like it. It's oh, a great is. name. Why? But if, then it, I, if this was a competition... West just crushed everybody. <laughs> don't you think, though? Don't you feel bad for his brother, Justin? Yeah, just regular like, Justin. If you, the, one, the, one, <laughs> the one child gets a super cool name. I said it. I said it to Michael Bennett was when he is in there. Fine, he's a world champion with the, uh, with the Seahawks. On the other hand, his brother is Martellus. He's Michael. Yeah. Well, they, maybe they Wait, you ran out of energy? I, what's that? Just one good name in the locker. And I then guess so. That, it was like... <laughs> I, I suppose. Oh, wait a second. Remember Fennis Dembo from Wyoming? Sure. Do you know how he got the same Fennis? This is a great story. So his family had like 13 or 17 kids. And on the birth certificate, they put Fennis because we're Fennis having kids. It is true. Wow. That's great. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick, I do want to say about uh, Deshaun Jackson, because at the time of this recording, we don't know where he's going to wind up. The word is that uh, he's negotiating with the Redskins. We'll see if that actually pans out into a deal. I, my first reaction to this is Deshaun Jackson, if he gets in the right spot, could be. I mean, if he would go to the Chiefs and they say they couldn't work out the numbers to make it work, but that, like where we started off, now the Chiefs wouldn't need to draft a. Uh, they could use the first round pick on an offensive lineman, and you put Deshaun Jackson next to Dwayne Bow, and then you also have Jamal Charles out there. Gangbusters offense. Now, I don't love the. I don't love the fit in in as much as the Redskins need another weapon out there for RG three. I have a bad feeling about Jay Gruden, what he's going to do in his first year. This is another thing for him to manage. I don't love it. How say you, Wes? I like it. You do? You think I that do. this would be a, I, I think it relegates the Cowboys to a best third place in that division if it works out that way. I like the fit. I think uh, Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, I don't think either of those guys is like a prototypical number one, but they're both right on that borderline. Throw in Andre Roberts and then Jordan Reed. We're talking one of the best offenses in the NFL right now. Yeah, I guess we can't sleep on uh, Alfred Morris and what he's done in uh, two straight years now. Handsome? I think I, Deshaun Jackson, to me, feels like a little bit like the Seahawks did with Percy Harvin. He's a nice piece for a team that's like one little bit away from a Super Bowl, but I feel like the Redskins have got a bunch of other issues they need to address. I Like I said. I, I, just, I think the Chiefs would be a good example. I think maybe the Panthers, if they'd managed to keep some of the rest of that together. But I don't see how the, how it's the difference for the Reds. Judy Batista on NFL.com has an interesting piece up there right now, speculating. Mm-hmm. But it really is a lot of speculation involved. And I, I, I'm uh, really anxious to find out what is the real thing going on there. What did the Eagles find out that would make them cut bait with Deshaun Jackson, who it's been overstated by guys like Ron Jaworski, was their offensive MVP last year. Of course, it, that ignores Shady McCoy's presence. But that, that, that said, obviously he was the number one target there. Do you think? Wes, that Chip Kelly just assumes, hey, I made Riley Cooper productive. We now have Macklin back. We don't need this. Do you think it was a headache thing, or do you think there's something much darker at play here? It's going to be a boring answer, but probably all of those things. What makes them pull the trigger, I would assume, is something darker behind the scenes. Hmm. And and But if that were the case, 
the NFL, you would assume, collectively is in line and would be able to sit. The I'm certain that the other teams would then reach out to the Eagles and say, what gives here, fellas? We, we don't want to latch onto this guy and out of uh, professional courtesy, wouldn't they say, listen, we didn't just do it because we think he's not a perfect fit for Chip Kelly's offense? Well, don't roll out the um, the advice that a young – was it Don Olmeyer in the 70s? Gave to Tony Kornheiser, the answer to all of your questions in sports is money. Ten point five million. He counted twelve or thirteen million against the cap. All these stories. Maybe it is about that, that simple because the 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 thing with with Deshaun Jackson, it's something I've heard over the last week since he got released. Is you can't argue with his on field production because he's he's dynamite. Look at his numbers. Well, yeah, look out, look at what he's done until twenty thirteen. He kind of was underwhelming. He right. was spectacular in stretches, but he certainly was not like you say, Wes, a, a number one wide receiver. But also, you shouldn't un- underestimate the fact that every general manager and coach's ego makes them think that they can fix whatever the broken part of him is. So. I agree with that, but I'm saying if there is something that if they if the Eagles discovered some nefarious stuff about him, then you would think that the NFL would would weigh in here and say, hey, uh, rest of NFL kind of let's steer clear of this guy right now. Um, Anyway, Tom Brady, do you have any thoughts on Deshaun Jackson? You're a Chiefs guy. I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. I truly am. Uh, And I, I think he's he's has enough big play capabilities to make the team better and certainly be another weapon for uh, for RG3. Can I tell Love you something? to see it happen wherever it goes. It would be great to see him go to the Chiefs. It would be great to see him go anywhere. For what it's worth. And and on that note, I bid you well, adieu. Before right. Tom leaves. Wait, you got to give it a grade, Tom. Yeah, what was the show, the, the 10 minutes I you were well, before here? Well, before, before he does that, let's uh, let's let's solve this uh, grapefruit mystery, all right? I got this. All right. So I did some research, doing some producing here. <laughs> It is suggested. I can't believe we have to celebrate right. that you did work. Check it out. Check it out. Excellent. Excellent. He has to. If you see a grapefruit growing on a tree, you will notice that they grow in clusters. It is suggested that these clusters resemble the shape of a large yellow grape, and so the fruit was called a grapefruit. There you go. That's I, why. Not, that, that, that's not a satisfying answer. Why is that unsatisfying to you? Because it, because the, you already have the grape, so now you can't do that. Oh, but it someone, like walked, that? someone walked by, and it, they look like large yellow grapes. You know, they but look they like large that, yellow grapes. Well, we first of all, it doesn't. It looks like a circle. So what? No, so no, 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 every no, no, fruit's no. a circle. No, no, what does no, no, that no. mean? Pay attention. He said clusters. He said are clusters together. We've asked, answered the eternal uh, question: What came first, the grape or the grapefruit? So are we well. gonna? So so then apples and pineapples and all this jazz. We're gonna allow all this nonsense. And, and what last, a great what a great teaser for next week's episode. And lastly, <laughs> before Tom <laughs> leaves, <laughs> thin mints and samosas. Tom. Oh yeah, this is a good question. We're taking uh, we're taking a score. I would here. have said I would have said without a doubt uh, the thin mint as far as growing up, but um, no, no, in no. the but but in the last. Eight or so years, something must have happened where the Samoa just became. And, and I don't even like coconut. Hmm. I do not like coconut, but Samoas are really delicious. Man, the poop is these Samoan cookies. Please show yourself the door. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't wait. <laughs> Listen, outside the walls, you. you're in charge, but in Studio 66, I'm not going to stand for that kind of talk. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Please be gone. <laughs> I mean, that was an attack on my ears. I'm sorry that you had to hear that, everybody. I, by the way, I live it, too. I don't eat a ton of Thin Mints or any Girl Scout cookies in this day and age, but I did have a sleeve of uh, of Thin Mints. I could polish that thing off. And here's the thing. It's not just that I could eat one of those sleeves of of, of uh, Thin Mints and, and, and do it with without much harm. 
I could do it in, I bet you, 150 seconds is about what it would take. Mm-hmm. They just go down, not that that makes it good, but I mean, I can just polish those things off without batting an eye. We should try that, in fact. All right, so what this else, Black no, Tie? I'd like to weigh in on this. No contest. What? Thin mints, way, way better. Thank you, Wes. Across Thank these you. lips, no, oh. no coconut shall pass. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. All right, people All right. want to hear me do your accent. I did it uh, a little bit, Wes. Here's I. Sometime I'll write a script of uh, of handsome Hank having a conversation with Chris Wesley. <laughs> hey, Damashek talked too much on the podcast, didn't he? Well, what else is new, Chris? That's that's Damashek for you. He's quite chatty. He's quite chatty. Well, I don't know about guys like him. I find that a little bit questionable talking so much. That's no way to treat a guest. You invite me on to your podcast. I come up there. I don't even know how podcasts work. I don't even know what it means. It's like the radio, but not it quite. And I want to talk about this, that, and the other. And he's busy flash, flapping them gums of his. Like, well, Wes, you and I got through this together. He's not the greatest of chaps. But anyway, all right, I don't know. So, <laughs> All right, speaking of Henry accents. And I, Henry and I uh, start hanging out, and you think that we're going to talk yeah. about you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course he does. He's the star of his own movie. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we're not done yet, handsome. Wait, hold on I'm a second. I'm not going well, anywhere. Oh. Last question, speaking of accents, from our fan super producer. We have to producer. talk about Game of Thrones yeah, here we for a second. Oh, that's true. We're going to do that, too. We're from a fan super producer, Neil Dutton. I actually like stale bread. <laughs> he wants to know which advertising campaign has put you off the product advertised the most put you off the product oh oh so okay. many so many well, pick one you gotta you got one mm. i don't understand this late i mean i can just start with uh right out of the gate it's funny because there's so many ads that achieve the exact opposite of what they're intended to do which is to make me use their product um the one when the uh what was the the, the pizza hut oh no the kfc Oh, uh, Game Day Bucket Go Boom. That was epic. Yeah. Game Day Bucket Go Boom. I didn't I, like the girl I, in it. I, she, she annoyed was ne- me. I was never going to. I would have kicked her out of my house straight yeah, away. I didn't enjoy her way. She she wasn't for me. Um, I've got a two-way tie, and these go back to the 80s, I think. Mentos, back before Unintentional Comedy, when they thought they were being really cool, but they were so cheesy. And mm-hmm. then and they were like... Give you the thumbs up and flash a smile. And Ovaltine, Ovaltine always had the cheesiest commercials. I don't understand. I I feel again back to the point about me. You know, there's no some people don't do anything to get on my wrong side, and yet somehow they 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 get there, and it's on me, not on them. But the two guys. The one who plays the mandolin and the other one who plays the guitar, oh, yeah. the guy co commercial is like, hey, how much do they blah, blah, Well, more than the Kimbe Matumbo blocking shots. Like, oh, hey, hey, blah, boom, ding, 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 ding. Those commercials, I don't know why those guys drive me crazy. They you drive know what me out I of my head. You found out about you? What? You, all of these things that annoy you today, they all have like one thread in common. You, what? you cannot stand pretentious hipsters. Those are, oh, I didn't know those uh, were. Oh, of course, those yeah, guys course are hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's even yeah. There a lot of the yeah the kids. With I'm, the, I'm behind you 100 percent on this. By the way, the thing is, and this is a, a snarky and cynical thing to say, but I do find that people who clearly must put a lot of time into their look, you know, and I listen. It's always fascinating to to realize a few things when you look at other people. One, everybody has, or you know, 99.9 percent of human beings have two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. 
Isn't it remarkable, then, that we can look so different, given that those things are in place, that nobody looks alike? I mean, we're not talking about wild, you know, inch differences. We're talking about millimeters of difference in, like, in the in the flare of your nose and how far your eyes are spaced apart. No one looks alike, and even though we all have the same things. That's weird. That's a, So that's... That's a uh, a very basic uh, little tidbit. Um, then, when you go beyond that, people who have to consider their look, it's always funny to think, when whoever you see, look around the office, look around the streets and think, yeah, that guy or that woman looked in a mirror before they walked out and said, yep, this is it. This is what I'm going with today. Well, most people look in a mirror before they walk out the door. It's surprising that when you see that what they came up with as their best option. Two, and three, the people who devote so much time to waxing their mustache and creating that look and the tattoos just being being just so in the outfit and there are a lot of people now the new the new hipster thing when i got to la the thing was the swingers thing was was oh, dying yeah. down and there were guys walking around unironically they looked like they were at costume parties so they had the big chains with their with their wallets and their keys and everything and they had those zoot suit kind of things on and they had the wife beaters and all that stuff that's given way now to the new hipster which dresses like he works it, like like he's uh uh, you know, an Oklahoma dust farmer or something, a dust cropper or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, I know exactly. Where they what look mean. like they're 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 an extra in Oliver Twist or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give them a give them a pitchfork and a sour puss. Yeah, or but or like I say, yeah, their their coats are overly long. Everything's some shade of brown. And I realize if you're that devoted to cr- to cultivating a look like that, it consumes enough of your time. So it's not surprising that a lot of those people don't have a lot to say. Their personality is their look. That they they've replaced an actual personality with uh, with cultivating this character that they show to the world. I True. I don't think I have any more to add to that. That was perfectly summed up. Have we have we covered it all today except for football? <laughs> we talked about everything but football today. We let's, got some Deshaun Jackson talking. That's there. true. We talked a little Raiders. That was just damage like sucking up to Tom Brady. Hey, let's throw some football in here <laughs> while Tom's here. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that. I hope he stopped listening by now. Um, Game of Thrones premieres on Sunday, Handsome Hank. I know you're excited. I've been watching them. I've gone back and been taking a look at them. All three seasons. It's amazing that I still really don't understand exactly what's going on. No, no, no. At your prompting, I I watched um, three of them last night from the first series. It's fun to see what the people look like. Wow, they've aged a lot during this. Isn't it funny, too? Can we just give a friendly spoiler alert here? For anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones, just in case. I mean, I'm not going right. to give anything away. Spoiler because, alert. As Dave said, and I was about to agree with, I don't still don't know really what's happening. The other thing that frustrates <laughs> me is that I, this will be the fifth series, I think. I still... No, I, this I, is season four, right? See, okay, I don't I know. think so. I'm, so that's, see, that's how far... I, I, I follow this religiously, almost. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what <laughs> series we're in. And I don't really know what anyone's name is. And I find the thing about – we've been talking recently in the podcast about True Detective, which was a series we both enjoyed, and there was a story that we were both very into and, and followed very closely. After an episode has ended, I will sit there for five minutes and reflect on it and go, wow, that was really entertaining and whatever else. 25 minutes after that, if you ask me what happened or like how does this fit into the whole um, you know, legend of Game of Thrones, 
I will, won't even be able to tell you what happened. Well, upon it, a second... It's like and fast food. It's like it's delicious, and then I really... But the know. heaviest fast food ever. It's yes. like a giant burrito yeah. being dropped into your belly, right. and yet you still don't. I, and, but it's very satisfying is the difference. Somehow you feel satisfied by it, and but when you go back and watch it for a second time and even a third time... You, it, I mean, I, you know, listen, I'm pretty lucid when I'm watching TV right. shows and movies and follow what's happening in them. For the most part, I, when I, I mean, really, a year removed, I go back and watch them, and it really is. I, oh, I had no recollection right. of this whatsoever. Oh yeah, that happened. Oh, I didn't remember that at all. And it. So now, the, the without too many spoiler alerts, Black Tie asked an interesting question yesterday. What well, was it, Black? Well, I did it. We had uh, Clint Ward on Twitter. He wanted to know. If you could have any character from Game of Thrones defend you in a trial by combat, who would it be? Well, I mean, for me, it would be two answers. Because do I get it at the start of the series, everybody's intact? Or are we talking right now? Well, let's do it series? right now. It's about to, you know, season four starts Sunday. Let's do well, it right now. The, well, the, the, the only answer to this, the only reasonable answer is Khaleesi, as long as she has her dragons. If she has three dragons, then that's the end of it. And I don't understand in the story, as long as she retains these three dragons, where the series could possibly go without her winning. I mean, now, the, now I will say, you go back and watch the end of the third season, she is set up a, as essentially this Christ-like figure, a female Christ-like figure taking care of, of the slaves and freeing everybody in this uh, uh, this deified creature now who also happens to control dra fire breathing dragons that are growing she would win yeah but, but i but that you, means she can't, it's too easy she has to lose that i think you give um our friend jr tolkien or whatever his name is who's writing these judge um, rr martin tolkien right. is lord of the rings well, i mean and i, I do that, but same thing same idea same same yeah same family different name he, I think you give him too much credit if he's thinking about Christ. Like, I just, where True Detective, and again, you know, coming back to this, we got very much into, like, the myths that were behind the story and whatever else. I feel like he just, every every time he's just out there just writing, having fun. He's just like, oh, okay, let's make this happen. I don't <laughs> think there's any myths or anything else in there. He's just like having a great time putting some nice pictures out. Well, the two baddest I mean like listen, if you go back, the two baddest guys on the in the Seven Kingdoms are Jamie Lannister and Drogo. When the series starts, you know, that's when when it starts off. Those are the the two best fighters and you would Stark say. Was a, Ned was Stark a, Ned Stark is Stark. in there. Jamie Lannister is a pretty boy. You're falling for all that hype. He, well, I encourage you go back and watch sure. when Ned Stark hooks up with uh with Jamie Lannister and they have a pretty good fight, but Jamie Lannister is on the cusp of dispatching Ned until Ned gets stabbed by a spear. I disagree. In the leg. You've seen it twice. I've seen it three times. I disagree. All right. Well, clearly you've shown that uh, your retention for television and movies is sublime. So I, I, I guess I have to defer <laughs> to you. But I still say Drogo and uh, Jamie Lannister. So it's interesting because Drogo's now dead. Still sad what? about Drogo. You go back and watch. Don't listen. That's season one. If you don't know that Drogo's dead, then don't, you don't I'm complain. I'm only about six episodes in. Guess what? Drogo's gonna die. Uh, I don't even know who is that. Uh, Khaleesi's husband. That's right. Yeah. That makes Mr. you happy. Khaleesi. Now she's available. Ooh, nice. Yeah, maybe. Do you, remember, like, do you remember? I actually was watching. Hey, I like you and your dragons. <laughs> huh? I, I I couldn't help but noticing your friend Drogo is no more. He got stabbed on the chest and got some weird sort of disease or something, and then he died. Now I'm available. You're available. One plus one equals one. You know if, what I'm saying? If and you can find it in your heart. 
<laughs> Don't do an impression yourself. That's that's too much. The, the, the battle I'd like to have seen, and I'd forgotten until last night when I was watching the first series again, the battle I'd like to see was is King Joffrey against um, Khaleesi's brother, who is incredibly annoying, like oh, almost yeah. King Joffrey annoying. I think those two fighting to the death would have been would have been interesting to watch. Wonder how the Wolf King would do. We don't know if he's a good fighter, do we? Well, now yeah. it doesn't Who's matter. The, which one's the Wolf King? I don't know. I can't don't, talk don't about do it. that. Yeah, don't do that. I can't talk on, about the on. Wolf King. Hey, there are so many good questions. As while while you're reading, I'm looking at some other things here. Black tie. You do have a TA segment to go. Take I know. In about Milo five Ma- minutes. Milo McKean says, uh, "What's the best fictional football uniform? The Dylan Panthers, all blue, gets his vote. What's uh, what's our vote?" The one that we see, oh man, that's something I'm gonna have to think about. You know what's a smart looking getup? I like it's is the uh, is the sharks in um, really? any given. Yeah, you like? I thought those were hideous. The uniforms almost across the board. The uniforms that they play in are awful, but the, but those ones are pretty cool. That's it's like essentially what the Brooklyn Nets are wearing in basketball now, mm. just all black with a little white trim. I thought those were not too bad. Oh, that's off the top of my head though. Wes, you got any thoughts? Trying to think of fictional football movies. Throughout throughout the fictional movies, all the right moves, Ampipe, where uh, you know we've been talking about that one. They wear the gold jerseys with gold hats and black pants. Those are pretty North good. North Dallas Forty, semi tough. Yeah. yeah, not bad. Wildcats. Oh yeah, how about the how about the Mean Machine when they get their new uniforms? The inmates and they come out in the all black. That's pretty yep. cool. I'll go with might that be one. those. Yeah, smart. All right, well listen. Good luck. Enjoy your Game of Thrones, handsome Hank. Um, Black tie. Thanks for jumping in here, Wes. Important My conversations. Pleasure. I'm glad you could be a part of it, and you really helped us out with Fennis Nembo. You really made me look good in front of the boss today. I really appreciate good, good. you doing that. No, I, 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 I He's expect- telling that he wouldn't grade your podcast. No, indeed. I figure that when we walk outside this door that I'm going to get a stern talking to. Mm-hmm. Just exactly what in the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> talking about full hoppiness and such. I mean, but imagine. Full hoppiness. And by the way, this went on for 45. Oh, I have to tell the best. Let me tell the end of this story. So this guy, after holding court for 45 minutes, and it really did go on and on, analysis of IPAs and what makes this and everything else. I think our listeners will be able to understand exactly what you mean mean by going on and on. (laughs) (laughs) Point for handsome Hank. You're allowed to score on me. I'm not above that. Now, listen. The, but this conversation is punctuated with, then they get into Guinness, and then they get into Boddington's. You know, Boddington's no, is I love Boddington's. Well, a lot of people really? like Boddington's. It's never, Boddington's isn't for me. It's got the, what is it, the hydrogen pull as opposed to the, or nitrogen pull as opposed to the CO2 tank. So you, you're becoming that guy now. Well, I just know that you have to hook it up to a different canister right. of gas versus the other, because I had to do it when I was bartending. But anyway, so all this thing about, he knows everything about IPAs. Somebody says, what about Boddington's? This guy's never heard of it. <laughs> Never doesn't know what it is. What? I mean, you can't hold court about uh, about beer for an hour and then not know what a beer that we've all had for our life for all our lives is. That's what you have to see. Mm. That's how you know. Pretentious hipster. We don't like it, Wes. Me and Wes park our cars in the same a garage. Good irrational thing. All right, we are going to be back with another podcast later on this week. Um, Handsome Hank, thanks for coming in, Wes. Black tie, um, and to you, the listener. Back with more later on in the meantime. Thanks so much. It's been a thin slice ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.